Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community Church. Uh, my name is Bonnie Coates, and I am joined by... D.A. Bennett. And... Josh. And... <laughs> Yeah, when you're famous, you only have to have one name. I mean, come on. That's all you need to know, right? All right. And behind all of the sound equipment and all of the important things. I'm so glad I got Jeff laughing this week. What is your name, sir? Who? What? My name? Yes. (laughs) I'm the man behind the cloth, uh, Jeff. Jeff. Yes, exactly. The Wizard of Oz. Jeff is the Wizard of Oz. And today. We can start calling him the Wizard. I like it. I like like it. Jeff, are you cool with that? Yeah, works for me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we're laughing because Jeff had pushed his mic away. He's a little under the weather today. He came in for podcast, Jeff. We really appreciate that. But he'd pushed his mic away, and he had to really lean into his mic, and that's why we were laughing. But today, he did not throw his phone down. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't throw his phone down. Which, if you watched our podcast last week, happened in the beginning, and I could not get over it. I just apparently thought it was the funniest thing in the whole wide world, and um, could not get over it. And I got a text later in the week that just said, hey, this is making my day watching you crack up on the podcast. And I'm like, okay, at least somebody got something. Wow, you have fans. <laughs> no, I think I've that they never... just like laughing at me i've never time. gotten a, i think the only time i've gotten a text message about a podcast from a friend is he was watching and uh i think that either the video froze or there was something and it was i like looked horrible <laughs> i was yeah. making some crazy face <laughs> or something and he sent one, me a one screen, eye shut he yeah. sent me a screenshot of it and gave me a hard time and i was like okay That's what right. friends so, are for. so i'm it. gonna help you out and what people are gonna make fun of you about today your collar is pointing straight up on one side, and it's folded flat on oh, the other man. side. Oh, so. I gotta fix that. Yeah, I thought you there were gonna we go. say he, you were gonna make fun of his very colorful. Yeah. So, can you guys guess why that, I that's chose? That's bold, man. Yeah, there that we go. is bold. So, I was looking at my two hundred bobbleheads, trying to think of witness boldly. I thought about grabbing John Wesley. I have a John Wesley bobblehead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, and then I, I looked over and, and uh, the boldness of Dennis Rodman caught my eye and and I thought well he uh, he's not doing much witnessing at least for Jesus yeah but he is an incredibly bold character he is certainly flamboyant yeah <laughs> those that don't know Dennis Rodman uh, three championships with the Bulls in the nineties one a couple with the Bad Boy Pistons in the mm-hmm. late eighties. And uh, incredible basketball player. Play, I think he's from Dallas, but he played uh, college ball. Southeastern in, Oklahoma yeah, State and Durant. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and a Hall of Famer. Um, was not known for uh, – he was known for his boldness and flamboyance first, defense and rebounding second. Yeah. Didn't have much of an offensive game, but he was a – an incredible, incredible basketball player. Wasn't he like married to Madonna or something like that? Uh, they had a fling. Was yeah, I don't think was? he was ever married to. He, he was married to Carmen Electra for a little. Okay. Oh, that's right. His daughter is on the U.S. women's soccer team. Yeah, and cool. is a really good soccer player. Um, so he's bold. So that was my. That's my stretch this week on witness boldly, which you preached on this Sunday. Right. Yes. We're in the. Uh, I guess not in the middle anymore. We're at the, at the end, end of yeah. this series on preaching our mission, which is to make disciples of Jesus. And the Global Methodist Church, the that's identified, disciples of Jesus are identified as those who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. And right. so the last several weeks, that's what we've been looking at. And so this last Sunday, witness boldly. And uh, and so Dennis Rodman represents the bold part the of boldness. that. boldness. <clears throat> Wearing some red, uh, Pentecostal liturgical year hair. Sure, that's what it was, in, right? In and that. a blue boa. <laughs> and a blue boa. That's ad- that's Advent. That's 
It could be. It could be. Pentecost, yeah. Advent. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm done. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we better move on because Bonnie will get the giggles and we'll accomplish nothing other than that. But um, one of the things we did, and and thinking about witnessing boldly, the scripture that I focused on on Sunday was the calling of the twelve. But it wasn't just the calling; it was the sending them forth. And yeah. um, I love that Jesus really didn't sugarcoat it for him. And yeah. and I wonder today, you know, if, if Jesus were to show up in our church and he'd say, Here, here's the deal, St. Andrews, uh, y'all need to get out of your pews more. And what I want you to do is I want you to kind of spread out through all the subdivisions and knock on doors like Bob Feist did when he yeah. was starting the church. And here's what you need to know. Uh, some of them are going to receive you. If you say, do you have anybody that's sick that we could pray for? Yeah, they, they want you to pray for the sick. But other than that, there are going to be some people that they're just openly hostile to Christian witness. And so uh, I'm just curious, have, have any of you ever had someone be openly hostile in that? And, and if so, you know, how, in what way were they hostile? My, my only experience with someone being hostile was on a mission trip to New Orleans. Um, this was shortly, I guess not shortly after, but it was a, a few years after Hurricane Katrina. And there was still a lot of mission work that was going on right. down there. And, and I went on a, a, a mission trip and we were doing some uh, some mission um, like relational type ministry stuff and uh what's the square there is it jackson square and i've orleans? never been to new orleans i think that's what it's called i could be wrong okay, but I, I jeff think... is saying it is and uh and there was uh what i would guess would be a, a homeless person mm -hmm. um that was was living there in jackson park and um i think that they may have had some mental um, health issues and they just absolutely lost their mind on me and the the two or three other adults that were there and then there were like 10 youth um and uh they were incredibly hostile and it was uh it, it was just one of those it was unfortunate it was a big scene there was some mm -hmm. you're embarrassed you're like oh my gosh this, this you know and that's my only really experience with uh with someone that was being hostile when we were just in a park striking up conversations i think we were passing out waters and peanut butter crackers or yeah. something and just ha trying to do ministry and meet people where they are and have conversations that, um, you know, hopefully leads to, um, a door opening to be able to share Jesus with them. And, and there was just someone that w was not having it that day at all. And they even followed us around a few t you know, different places yelling at us. And sounds like the demon possessed people that followed Jesus. Yeah. 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 There were, uh, I think there were some, uh, some profanities I learned that day that I'd oh, never heard before. Ones. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I think of right when I got out of seminary, I had, uh, appointed to Tahlequah. They already had a youth mission trip planned to Kansas city. And so, you know, I, I got the privilege of driving them up there and we were working on this house, you know, a bunch of teenagers. And there was a teenager that lived in that house and he was verbally abusive to our teenagers yeah. and they didn't understand we're here to help you we're here to you know paint your house and you're cussing at us and you're just sitting there smoking cigarettes they, they really didn't understand that uh i remember taking a mission trip in belize in central america yeah. and some guy kind of just talking some trash to us and so verbal assaults you know they're they're common the whole sticks and yeah. stones may break my bones but the words will never hurt me which is not true words do yeah hurt but uh 
if if people were going to reject Christians with their message today, and and might I say sometimes it's not our message, yeah, it's our method. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but what are ways that people would reject and and frighten and intimidate I Christians think today? Yelling at people like the example that you had, cussing people out. Um, I think of um, when we went to Mexico City and we were, um, I went to Mexico City on a mission trip with um, with a church that we used to go to and um, we were passing out food to um, street kids and the like people would walk by and be like, you're, you're not doing anything good. Those people aren't worth anything. They're not worth what you're doing mm-hmm. for them. And so just being told like, your work is meaningless. What you're doing is, is is not worth it. Um, and, okay, and, and I was looking at notes, so I missed yeah. the first part of it. Was that coming from people inside the church saying those people are worthless? No, or? it was like, well, we were in downtown Mexico City, um, and we were passing out food to, to street yeah. kids. Like, they would set up tent cities, basically, and, you know, with TVs in them and everything, mm-hmm. um, and would sit in the, the tents and, um, and huff paint and do drugs and stuff like that. And um, and we were just out, like, going and bringing them food and, and praying with them and mm-hmm. stuff. And people would walk by and, and, like, just tell us as we were trying to do these things, like, nope, they're, those people are worthless. Why are you doing that? Yeah. That's not worth it. Um, so, and, and I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mean to get bogged down in this, but did they feel like, well, you shouldn't help them, but you should help us? I think I think that there was part of it that was so doing some competition. that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what you're doing doesn't have any value. Mm-hmm. These people are already lost. Maybe God doesn't care about them. Mm-hmm. Do do something somewhere else. Do better yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. And so when when I was trying to think, what are some ways that this could happen? You know, one of the things Jesus says is, "Hey, they're going to drag you to court." Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. So could that happen today? I I think it could. Maybe not in the way we think. I mean, you know, I use the example, if I were to literally stand on my roof and shout at people as they walk by, I think someone's going to call the police and, you know, I'm disturbing the peace or I'm harassing children as they walk to and from school. Um, I think there's verbal assault. There there might be times there's bodily harm. Yeah, You know, you, you say Jesus to me one more time and I'm going to knock your teeth, you know, down your throat yeah. or whatever. Uh, but I think one of the ones that uh, certainly in biblical times they didn't deal with, but I think would be a real possibility today is the um, bullying via social media. Oh, yeah, that that yeah. happens all the time. Like that's You see that all the time. Um, anytime that a person who um, is a Christian tries to share their faith online, undoubtedly there will be something in there. Somebody in the comments will say something about your God is invisible and doesn't exist or what. Like they will just, they'll just... Yeah. throw things out there because um and part of me is like that's really weak <laughs> like yeah. you're just gonna say stuff in the comments like if you want to talk about this stuff don't just like throw things out there when you're like a random person who does, like if you want to talk about this i don't know message me talk to me like yeah. whatever but. well and i think you know in the scenario you laid out about going door to door um so there, I have a couple of thoughts. One, I think anymore most people have a ring doorbell and they just don't answer the door if they <laughs> don't know. That's true. I, you know, I still get churches that come to our house and they want to give us a card and mm-hmm. invite us to church. Yeah. And so uh, so typically the, the hostile stuff isn't necessarily going to happen because those more than likely just not going to, they're just going to ignore, 
you know, they're going to look at their phone yeah, and see, so, yeah. oh, I don't know this person and not going to answer. Right. Um, but then, you know, thinking to the experience that our youth had this last spring break and they're going to, Memphis, to have again, right. part of our mission trip to Memphis is walking door to door and knocking on doors mm-hmm. because we're leading a, they call it a Bible club, but it's a vacation Bible school that you set up in a vacant lot in a neighborhood mm-hmm. and then you break up into teams of four or five and you, you know, one team takes this street and another team takes this street and then this, and, and you just go door to door knocking on doors and saying, Hey, we're with street reach. Bible club is down the street. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kids that will that we can take to Bible club? Mm-hmm. And you literally go door to door and and collect collect the kids. And and some groups show up with no kids because no one was home or or whatever. And and others show up with a, a fifteen kids that they're walking down the street with. And um, and in the six or seven years I've been there, there's nothing that's been hostile in terms of. Uh, being yelled at or anything, but there are, you know, people that are grumpy. Maybe you wake them up in the middle of a nap and they Mm -hmm. come to the door and, Oh, we don't have any kids get out of here, but nothing that's just over the top. I'd probably be grumpy too. If I was woke up from a nap and some strangers were standing on my doorstep and, and whatever. Um, and so I think a lot of times too, our fear of those really hostile things happening, keep us from, from obediently yeah. doing what we're called to do. Absolutely. And, and a lot of times uh, the, the things that we fear the most aren't necessarily the reality. And now that's yeah. not to say that hostile things haven't and can't happen. Uh, but more times than not, the, those fears that we have never, never really do become the reality. Right. right. So the, the question I had then is, you know, looking at what Jesus said, they're going to drag you into court. They're going to, you know, I mean, Jesus didn't paint a rosy picture no, about, not. hey, this is all going to be good. You're going to preach the kingdom of heaven is near. And people are going to go, oh, tell me more. Right, right. You know, and, and we don't typically have that in our culture. If, if someone were to, we talked about with apologetics, our word of the yeah. week a few weeks ago, being prepared to give a, an explanation, a reason for why we believe what we believe. Uh, I think if somebody came up and asked us that, Today, we don't have to be ready to duck at a moment's notice. But I sometimes find the people of God are still slow to witness boldly. Yeah. Why do you think that is? What What are some of the reasons maybe people... Fear is the first thing yeah. that comes to my mind. Fear of... Of something happening. Fear of not being able to do it well. Feeling ill-equipped. Of, don't know the Bible well enough. Right. Yeah. They're gonna, what if they challenge me or they ask me a question and I don't know the answer to it? Yeah, I think there's some. I think there's like the fear of like your reputation will be harmed in some of that way. Like that, um, um, some people might call you a weirdo. Like, why are you a fanatic? A fanatic. Yeah. And I would I, love to hear those that are, are watching, and yeah. joining us right now, or who will watch later. Leave leave comments. What are the things that you think of? Uh, maybe they're things that you've experienced or people you know that that keep us from witnessing boldly, that are roadblocks from us, uh, you know, sharing Jesus with other people in a, in a bold way. Right. So and the other thing, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. The other thing that I've been seeing more of lately is people saying um, that they don't want to witness or share their faith because they don't want to offend people who have different beliefs or they want to respect other people's beliefs. And so sharing in that context it's like sharing your faith boldly with somebody mm-hmm. um, would be harmful to them and so that's kind of what i keep i've, I've yeah. been hearing a lot more of lately so. I, I i love that idea because as i had preached the week before on uh love extravagantly yeah just because i disagree with you does not mean yeah. 
I hate you. Uh, I, I think some of what happens is people are slow as a reaction against what they may have experienced. You know, that they had a bad experience with someone where they felt pressured to make a decision for Christ or, mm. or something like that. And so part of uh, what I talked about was the, the image of the traveling salesperson, or yeah. really you could just say a salesperson, whether they travel or not. Uh, have y'all ever had any experiences where someone really didn't know you, but they came and they were like trying to pressure you and get you into um, a situation? I think of like, um, <laughs> there was a really big push like when, like 10 years ago with people who would like sell Scentsy and makeup and stuff like that online as an extra like side business, um, like a side hustle. And no, no, um, disrespect to anybody who's doing that because it's lucrative and it's good but at the same time there was a like there's a point where you like you start to see people that you only have like one friend in common and they're just like on social media trying to Mm -hmm. friend request you just so that they can sell you products and stuff like that and um and so i think that's kind of what i think of is like hey i barely know you but you should buy this (laughs) yeah and and we had i I, as a student in ou i mean that was a, a common practice there was a group of people that would go stand in the South Oval yeah, every true, yeah. semester yelling at students that would walk by and tell them they need to repent and know Jesus. And if you're a part of a fraternity or sorority, you're going to hell. And if you do this or that, you're going to hell. And, and uh, you know, there was no relationship at all. There was no love at all. Um, you know, they were just simply you know, trying to yell people, scare people into making a decision. And many of the people they were yelling at and telling them they're going to hell are, are, were students who were believers, that right. were followers of Jesus. They didn't know any students that they were yelling at. They didn't know their story. They didn't know anything. It was just, we've got this message and we're going to yell at you guys. And so, every semester without fail, they would show up. So we're, I know we're all in agreement on this. Relationship is the key. Yeah. And what those people don't have is relationship. Right. And, and I can give you two examples, you know, high school student, college student, growing up on the north side, uh, there was a shopping center at 23rd and Meridian. And I remember many Sunday nights, I would take my friends home after uh, Is church. Is that the shopping they, center that had the Dairy Queen right in the parking lot right in front of it? No, that was farther oh, six, down. That was like 16. Like, yeah. All right, sorry. That's where that, And that's where our church was. We were at 1755. Uh-huh. Yeah. We frequented the Dairy Queen many times. This is the one now I think it's got a Wendy's or something. My grandparents lived right around the corner from that Dairy Queen. So as a little kid, I've got lots of memories of walking. You ate many a dilly bar. Walking to the Dairy Queen. <laughs> so 23rd and Meridian, you would see guys on Sunday night. I would take friends home after church and everything or, you you know, maybe we're going to grab a pizza or something. And these guys, it was always guys, black suits, white shirt, black tie. And they're out there waving their Bibles, yelling and screaming, repent, you know, all that kind of stuff. Never saw anybody stop and talk to them. Yeah. You know, uh, and so you wonder if they ever did have somebody stop and they had some success, so we have to keep doing this. You know, we didn't get the 99, but we got the one. Yeah. Right. Or if it was, hey, we did our job, we did what Jesus asked us to do, the rest is on you if you burn in hell. I mean, that right. was kind of the, the attitude. But the other one, same shopping center, uh, there used to be a TGNY. Did y'all ever know about TGNY? Yep. Toys, games, and yo-yos. That was like I didn't know what it stood for. That's what but it says for. There was a TGNY right by where I grew up uh, at May in Britain. Okay. Well, TGNY stood for toys, games, and yo-yos. It was kind of the original uh, 
five and dime store, <laughs> precursor to Kmart, Walmart, <laughs> you know, all that. And uh, I was 14 years old. We were over at some friend's house that lived not too far from there, and we needed something from TGNY. And my mother did something that I would have never done, but it was a different time. 14 years old, she let me take the car and drive to TGNY <laughs> to, to get this thing. Well, I get it. I'm coming out of TGNY, and as soon as I step off the sidewalk to go to the car, this guy materializes out of nowhere. I, you know, I didn't see him or anything. And he just said, hey, when you stepped off that curb, if you got run over by a car, do you know if you'd be in heaven tonight? And honestly, my, my thought was, yeah, I would, you know, but I wanted to hear what he had to say. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I'm not sure. And, and he just suddenly opens his Bible and he's walking me through stuff and, uh, you know, then we're going to pray and he gets through and he goes, well, you know, at this time on this day, you can tell everybody that you gave your life to Christ and you're going to live in eternity, you know, and you know what I remember most about that? He never asked my name Oof. and I never saw him or heard from him again. There was no relationship. There was no follow-up. Notch in his Bible, I prayed with this 14-year-old kid yeah, tonight. Yeah. Well, mostly I was just curious about what he had to say, but it left an indelible mark that that's not how you, you witness this. boldly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not how you get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not to say that at times people haven't come to know Jesus because of some of these ways that we're saying. Um, you know, I, I, I truly believe that because of the relational side of evangelism and witnessing boldly, um, there's no one way, no one right way to, to help walk that path and lead someone to Christ. Right. And so what works for one person doesn't for another. So I, I don't think that the ways that we're talking, that no one's ever come to Christ because right. they were asked that question or in that scenario. But I oftentimes, especially when it comes to the people that are out there yelling and, and stuff, I wonder, okay, if one person maybe did, how many people did they turn away yeah. from ever coming to know Jesus yeah. because of that experience? And, you know, these are all numbers that we don't know, but right. I just wonder, um, you know, the love relational side of that is the element that they're missing in a lot of these ways. Well, and again, my reaction to, to that memory of those guys on the corner and that guy that got me coming out of TGNY uh, was that was a negative experience. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I right? don't. I don't want to do that. And yeah. so, I, I also try to be very careful in the words I use when I said, "Okay." So the the image of the traveling salesperson that had its day. Mm -hmm. That's not the way. And the word I use was so the image of the travel guide is more effective mm -hmm. uh, because I think it seeks to build relationship. It says. I'm not going to present you this, and if you burn in hell for all eternity, yeah. that's on you. My conscience is clear. That, that's really kind of a selfish way of looking at it. Uh, but instead, oh, okay, so you're not ready to make that decision. Can we keep having this conversation? You know, can we still do this? I think the, the difference is with a traveling salesperson, it's like <clears throat> Jesus is a product to sell people. Whereas with a travel guide, you have Jesus who is a person to follow and right. work with. Right. So, yeah. So I think that that's probably the biggest difference. Like, you're not just, like, trying to, like, okay, sold one to you, sold one to you. It's like that. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, and it's, yeah. It, it recognizes the relationship side of it. Yeah, it, it, it does. It recognizes that we're all on this journey. Yeah. Right? We're all on this journey. 
Um, and as a, a travel guide, we're walking that journey with them. We're walking along, stomach growling. He's I was going to say, my stomach just roared, and I grabbed it, and that's why Bonnie was Bonnie chuckling. started laughing. I don't know if the microphone picked that up or not. <laughs> but uh, And so it's not so much about I've got to get this message out, but it's walking the path with them. And, yeah, there may be some questions that we ask along the way, but they're in response to what we're hearing that person say. You still laughing about his stomach? I think her stomach grows. Oh, she's lost it. Oh, no. Okay. What are we talking about? So, well, well let, let, me, let me interrupt because I'm, I'm watching the yeah, clock. I know, I know. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, And we have yeah. not done a word of the day. Okay. And so, people, you're not participating in this. You're we not sending have, us yeah. your, you know, word or phrase. I've, I've got a word if you don't have one. I, I've got one because okay. I used it in a sermon a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and so, it was one I mentioned in staff today. And that is, if people say, theological orthodoxy. Yes. When I was in high That's school, I absolutely hated the word theology or theological, yeah. and I wasn't even sure I knew what orthodoxy meant. So, right. what is theological orthodoxy? The way two, I two big words. The way I think of it, and I'm not going to get into the Greek and all that stuff because I'm not smart enough for any of that. You're not going to talk about herb all. <laughs> no, but but what I think of is the traditional interpretation and understanding of God and scripture and and those things that mm-hmm. these are the things that were taught and have been passed down right and this is traditionally how the church has viewed such and such you know theological stances mm-hmm. uh, or understandings of scripture I'm sure there's a much better educational educated answer to that but that's how dumb Josh answers it well, the, the, the better interpretation always comes from Bonnie. So, Bonnie, what, what um, do you say? Okay, so the first part of it is theological. And so theology deals with the study of who God is. Right. So theological orthodoxy is the study of who God is that is from the um, the orthodox tradition. So what was... Um, traditionally traditionally held beliefs essentially like yeah. the the main beliefs that were as a consensus declared to be orthodox or yeah, yeah. when i think of orthodoxy my, my simple definition is it's right belief yeah there you, you go. know versus orthopraxy which is right practice mm-hmm. so if my what i believe determines how i live i need orthodox right belief to help me live and act so altogether, right it would be right belief about God, about God. what about God yeah, and about, about God. And, and then and, and how God teaches us, yeah. you know, uh, the resurrection of Jesus, we would say, is orthodox theology, the bodily resurrection. So anyhow, that's our phrase for the day. Let's let's get back to. So what, where, where are we going this week? So we've talked about. Worshiping passionately, we've talked about loving extravagantly, mm-hmm. and we've talked about witness boldly. Um, the, our new Lent series will start next Sunday, not this Sunday, but next Sunday as we kick off the season of Lent with right. Ash Wednesday leading to Easter. So we've got one more Sunday in this series. Where are you taking us? Okay, so when we started this series, and we never really gave the series a name, but the idea was we're talking. we started off with covenant renewal. That we are the people of God that live in covenant relationship with God, but covenant relationship with each other. And so the you know, we, we started off the first of the year with that, and then we went to uh, the idea of making disciples of Jesus Christ. And 
uh, worship passionately, love extravagantly, witness boldly are three characteristics of the kind of disciples that we want to make and that we want to be. Which I have summarized so eloquently in <laughs> follow obediently. Yes. <laughs> Josh is a man of few words. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And so, you know, it's like we have one more week that we want to fill in a series yeah. before Lent begins. And it's a phrase that you use a lot and, you know, increasingly we use it. Uh, we can make disciples who have these personal characteristics, but what we're looking for is making disciples that will make disciples that will make disciples. Yeah. As, as the covenant people, every generation has to choose to accept that covenant, starting with Abraham. Uh, you know, we baptize babies, but then we take them through confirmation so they can accept this covenant relationship right. that God offers us. And so... This Sunday, the sermon title is Making Disciples Who Make Disciples. Yeah, and, and I love this idea of um, each of us needs to be in covenant relationship with others and community and the church. Um, and the, the questions that we should be asking ourselves is, who are those that are investing in our spiritual journey mm-hmm. or walking alongside the journey with us? And who are we doing that for? Right. Um, you know, the, the idea of following Jesus is it's a, it's a faith. It's a relationship that's passed on from generation to generation. So who mm-hmm. are those that have poured into us and are pouring into us and who are we pouring into? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's it. And, uh, we're just going to give you a, a small tease. This sermon will be different from a sermon that they've heard in a while. Yeah. I'm excited. That's, that's all we're going to say. Different, different format. We we think it will be enjoyable, but it's right. going to be different. So we've got a big week up. Uh, midweek starts this Wednesday. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow Today night. Tuesday if you're, if you're watching this on Tuesday. So February 7th, uh, midweek kicks off. Uh, dinner and discipleship for everyone. Dinner at 530. And then discipleship. Uh, the youth will head into the sanctuary uh, where they will um, have worship and then go to small groups. St. Andy's kids, you guys are going to be learning about prayer yes. and the sacraments and the sacraments. With the kids. We'll spend four weeks on different types of prayer, uh, beginning with the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to go through like intercessory prayer um, and so how to pray for others and all sorts of other stuff. And then we're going to talk about the sacraments. So specifically for um, for the kids, it means um, baptism and um, the Lord's Supper communion. So. I think that's very exciting yeah. because, yeah. Uh, you know, we've had parents from other Traditions. They don't want their kids to take communion because they say they don't understand it. So I think it's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, and then with the adults, we'll uh, have our discipleship. Uh, it'll be similar to last uh, semester with our fall midweek. Uh, we'll gather around those dinner tables, and it'll be a combination of total group teaching and small group kind of table discussion at the tables. And we're going to, along with our Lenten study, which uh, we'll start with Ag Wednesday next week, uh, we're going to be looking at those seven words, those seven phrases that, uh, that Jesus spoke from the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Things like, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Today you'll be with me in paradise. My I God, thirst. my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, I am thirsty. Not it is I finished. Am, not I am 30. So when you pick up your <laughs> Linton study booklet, it, they're available in the church lobby um, or they're available online, uh, website, app. There's a digital version. Uh, if you If you... Get the digital version, it's correct. It says, I am thirsty. But the printed version, uh, I, I picked up, I was excited, opened it up, and like the first page I turned to said, I am 30. 
should say, I am thirsty. But we're going to be studying those words (laughs) on midweek and then as a part of our Lenten study that we go through as a church. So uh, really excited. It's going to be it's going to be a great way to kick things off this uh, tomorrow night. And uh, and then join us Sunday, 1030 or nine o'clock online, on demand, in person. Uh, as we have a, a special um, way to to preach this week. It'll look a little different. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us today, whether you're joining us live or later in the week. Uh, we pray you have a great week and uh, hope that you'll join us tomorrow for midweek and this Sunday. God bless.